0: Hi, I'm Damon Frank and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week we bring you a recovered life discussion about creating your weekly sober game plan and strategies on how to live your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. Welcome to Plan Your Sober Week, a Recovered Life discussion with Damon Frank and Christina Dennis as your host. Uh, We're getting going here and people are starting to come into the gathering. Uh, I'd like to welcome a few people that have just showed up, Alice, Kathy, Teresa, welcome. Always good to see you uh, more coming in now as we speak. Uh, Wanted to give you a quick introduction uh, of my co-host, Christina Dennis. How you doing, Christina?
1: In all honesty, it's a little hectic over here at my house. Our power has been out since 4 a.m., so we're making all the preparations, you know, (laughs) trying to get things open, like garages and stuff. But I am good, had a beautiful weekend. How about you, Damon?
0: It was great, um, super warm. And so we had to kind of curtail a lot of the things that I wanted to do around the house, but was able to get a lot done. And uh, I, I got a little relaxing. I took a nap, which was good. I'm really into power naps on the weekends. So that was, that was a really good one and was looking at the week ahead here, was really excited to have this room today. Uh, My name is Damon Frank. I am a sober coach uh, with my partner, Christina Dennis. Every week we kind of break it down here about what we're gonna do for the week ahead in our sobriety. And we know a couple of things about recovery that we've learned. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know that people don't know about recovery, but what we do know about recovery is having a plan is essential knowing kind of what you have to work on uh what successes you're having what setbacks you're having and how to look into your week and be able to kind of plan out the stuff that you want to focus on look we know that we live one day at a time one moment at a time that's how our recovery comes to us but that doesn't mean that we can't have some sort of action plan um and and forecast about Things that we need to work on and things that we need to focus on. So that's what we work on this week. Um, we also recap kind of what's going on in the Recovered Life community. For those of you who might not, know, we do have uh, we do have six six podcasts that go out a week, uh, and it, that's been very exciting for us. It's a couple of them are what just Christine and I are talking. The other are these Recovered Life discussions. Uh, So it's really a great resource at The Recovered Life, and you can find out all about that at recoveredlife.us, and you can also become a member and get notified about when we release special content that we only release to our member community. So you can jump on that and do that for free. I'll put a link up above. Uh, Some of the stuff I'm working on this week and some of the things I'm reflecting on this week is, you know, this whole back-to-school thing is happening, and I have a senior in high school and i know christina has uh, a high schooler as well so we've been focusing on this whole back to school it's coming up it's either come up you know or it's coming up in the next few weeks and for those of you that don't have kids or kids living at home there still seems to be a forecasting in an organization for the fall what's going to happen for the for the fall look the world is in kind of a crazy place right now and What's what I've seen happening is there's a lot of insecurity in recovery, right? There's a lot of economic insecurity. There's a lot of like housing insecurity. There's a lot of insecurity. It's like, well, I've done this for a long time, worked at this job for a long time. Now my job might not be secure and I'm fearful, right? Or wow, they're raising the rent on my apartment or house or my mortgage is going up and I'm concerned, I'm fearful, right? So one of the things I want to talk about today is fear in planning. Um, it seems to go two ways. And, you know, Christina, when you have uh, a moment, jump in here uh, when you feel the, the need. Um, but I think, don't you think, Christina, it's like fear sure. kind of goes into two, into two ways. Either people become immobilized by fear right. or fear becomes a driver for people.
1: It absolutely has driven my life um, for many years at times. and uh, I definitely am in one of the uh, over-functioning type people when things go a certain way, so I get it. Uh, and uh, the paralysis part happens rarely, but um, I am starting to understand and have you know, I would say in the last decade I've been able to kind of surrender even that part, but it took a long time. I mean, it was hard fought to get there, Uh, but I do think it's still, I mean, I don't think that you can not catch fear right now in our world so much.
0: Yeah, it seems to be marketed to us right on a daily basis. And, you know, that is so, you know, it's so easy to get sucked into the fear machine. Um, I'm one of the people where fear, you know, there's people that do fight or flight, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm one of the people who really kind of can use fear to motivate me to get to new levels. But what I found is, is it exhausting, right? It's just exhausting and it's not needed. You know, I thought it was very needed in my recovery uh, when I first got in and it worked, right? Like the fear of not having enough, the fear of... You know, feeling that I was behind in my recovery, the fear of not being able to do what I wanted, right? so i it it would jump start me almost like getting electrocuted to start taking massive action. But I found that that feeling of fight or flight of always being in fear is really damaging. and it's not good for you. It's definitely not good for you
1: it's it's terrible and You know, we did a room last week about stressors and stress cycles, or I guess it's been a couple of weeks. And that has taught me a lot about um, the nervous system and the perpetual fear cycle that stays in us. And I, um, you know, I'll tell you, I don't think I was as concerned about my nervous system, nor did I even consider it questionable. I just thought everybody lived with fear and everybody was motivated by the same things that I was. And coming out of the home that I came out of, um, and then you know, drinking alcoholically for six years, and then getting sober, about the time uh, my son's diagnosis came, I really had thought, okay, fear's behind me because I've done all these things to protect myself. And then whammo, here comes this diagnosis, and the fear was unbearable several times um, in that period, lots and lots of fear. But he certainly taught me, um, and I know Teresa and Alice know a lot about this as well, that if I don't, if I didn't address his nervous system, if I didn't calm myself down, right, he would pick up my energy being ASD, and then we would have just a day driven by fear, and it was miserable.
0: Yeah. you know, I I, I love that you are talking about what you're projecting in the world, right? Because there's the inner dialogue and then there's the outer dialogue. So I think a lot of people who are good actors, and let's be honest, most of the people that are in recovery are good actors if they were out there for a period of time. You had to be a good actor. If you were an active alcoholic, you'd have to be a good actor to be able to survive. So we learn these skills that we could have an inner dialogue that's really crazy and messed up and talking with us and very self-destructive but we could project an outer dialogue of the opposite and one of the things that i've i've noticed about fear is a lot of times i would be fearful inside or i would have a lot of self-doubt but i would be projecting that it's all great and good and that i have things under control. But what happened at the end of the day is it was starting to seep through. So people were starting to kind of see the cracks, right? So it's 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 this balance game, because I don't think people want to, you know, I know this for the fact, Christina, you can't be successful and run around and be a basket case all day, right? You can't do that. Although in Hollywood, maybe you can, uh, because I see a lot of that. But in general, it's very tiring for people, right? So. It's this inner outer game, I think, that's going on a lot. And being able to be honest, but with the right people, being able to, and I think a lot of it too, I think there's a, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Kristen, because we might disagree on this. Um, I think a lot of the times that uh, you have to learn how to deep, uh, to to kind of uh, put it into a basket. I forgot what the name is for that real quick, it'll come to me. A departmentalize, right? De departmentalize some of it, to be able to see where it belongs, to step back a little bit to see where it belongs in order to really deal with it in an appropriate way. I think if you're too off the cuff a lot sometimes, I think it's off putting to not only people, but a lot of the times what you're actually putting out there and what you're actually putting out to the world is chaos sure
1: I I don't I don't disagree with that I don't disagree with that at all Um, especially talking to people that you can trust Um, and and I'm just built that way I compartmentalize immediately I used to disassociate which is different you know Uh, but sometimes I even tell clients okay that somewhere where we can deal with it later right now you get through what you have to get through for the next five minutes you you know you if you're in a family home and they're uh, being aggressive and you know that uh, or they're teasing you about your drinking or they hate your boundaries yes i will tell people you put that you don't give them the information Um, they haven't earned it and they won't be careful with it um, and and so I absolutely agree with that um, And I think all of us mask a little bit, you know, my son's one who taught me that he can't mask It's not possible for him and but as long as there's a space Where we do get to Process we do get rid of the stress cycle. We do move forward um, and we allow those feelings to be processed come up and shared with somebody safe I am perfectly fine with whatever. I mean, I can't tell you that there there haven't been times where I have been scared to death, gone into an IEP, sat in front of Congress, but I've had to do what I had to do, and that meant compartmentalize. And uh, that was important to have that skill, to call upon the strength part of me, to call upon, because I'm not being, I mean, they call it masking in the ableist world, and the disability world, I'm not being a part of me that doesn't exist. That part does exist. It is there. I mean, it allows me to get stuff done. I am just a a big fan of checking out what is putting me into fear, looking at what can I eliminate, and completing the stress cycle, making sure I tend to my nervous system multiple times in a day, Uh, And recognizing the signs that I, when I'm not doing it, that'll put me into a place where two weeks could go by and I wasn't in my body paying attention. So I think we agree more than you do.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally feel what you're saying and understand. I think one of the things that I've learned in recovery was, is I didn't understand when I first came in that I felt a lot of things all at once, like a fire hose. Right. And many of the things that I thought had no value were indicators of nothing, only a very small percentage of it. So I think I've learned over the decades that one of the things that I've done is that when I have a feeling, I don't run from the feeling, I acknowledge it. I'm feeling mad. I'm feeling frustrated. Like this morning, you know, Christina, you know, we have a new puppy. I woke up, the puppy ran into the other room and eight are, uh, are AirPods, right? So $150 for AirPods. The AirPods. They love them. They love them. I don't know. It, it, it tastes like earwax or something. So literally, the dog is like out for like a minute, and it's already, you know, we're already in hundreds of dollars worth of damage. Does it? Is it, did the dog swallow the long part of the earpod? Let's look for it. And I'm mad, and I'm upset, and I'm, you know, and I'm upset. And I learned and I was frustrated. And what I had to realize is step back and say, I'm frustrated. Um, but dogs chew things, puppies chew things, right? And what can we do next time? That's great. Um, you know, I'm feeling this now. I, But the thing is, is that I don't get sucked up into it. I start to identify it. It's like, you know what? Yep, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling mad about this. I'm feeling frustrated about it. But if I'm feeling things a lot, then I start to pay attention to it. So if every day I wake up mad and frustrated, if every day I have certain feelings about things, those are the things that I feel. But what I found is, is much of the, the overwhelming feelings come and go like the wind. They come and go, and they don't really have, when analyzed, they, they, they're just there. There's not really any root to them, if you know what I mean. They're more like a feather that blows in and out.
1: Well, and this is one of the reasons why I think people in recovery have an advantage, because we do take those times to look at ourselves, to look at our part, to look what, what is something that we can deal with, what is something that we can address. You know, is this coming from us? Like you said, is it something that is uh, fleeting? I mean, I think that there's a lot um, there's a lot of information, and I, I mean, I honestly don't know if I hadn't got into recovery 25 years ago, how i would have figured it out on my own i mean i think it would have taken years and years and years of therapy and perhaps multiple therapy sessions a week the fact that i was able to go to a group of people and share about that because you know being an aca or somebody who was raised in a you know i'm an adult child i'm an alcoholic in a dysfunctional family which i think everyone who's in a recovery world has that a little bit of that um i was taught not to have any feelings so i didn't know they were okay to even have and being able to show up with a group of people and say that i'm feeling this way and the world didn't end was very
0: helpful to me absolutely it is being able to identify those feelings and be better at knowing which ones you need to take action on knowing which ones you don't right like that's really what this is all about i think when you're identifying feelings um guys you are in the recovered life room we have elizabeth on stage if you're getting value out of this please ping some people in you might know someone who could really use this conversation if you guys are listening on the replay and just to let everybody know that we this is replayed on the podcast so just a couple little rules that just be kind and loving when you talk about others, um, and also just use your first name, just for anonymity. Um, and that's it. That's what we do in the Plan Your Sober Week Room every week with Damon Frank and Christina Dennis. Elizabeth, so glad to see you here. What's going on with your sober week? What do you have planned? Oh, hi,
2: love being here and, uh... Well, you know, uh, Frank, I'm all about love and I'm really boosting what I'm trying to do and spreading my love message and uh, really working on doing more of that and thinking about people in recovery and, you know, people in recovery often have a hard time with love and their relationships and all of their relationships and especially with their love relationships. And I'm wanting to, you know, I've been very successful over a long period of time in my inner work and working in recovery with my own self love. And the most important love relationship is the relationship you have with yourself and coming into recovery. I came with self-loathing and you know, I've recently moved and I think I've shared that, uh, with everyone here and it's taken me a while to adjust, but you know, in, I've been so blessed with my recovery group here in my new location where I live. And I'm just loving it, loving, loving, loving. And been. Uh, blessed with so much love and over the weekend you know I've been received with so much love and even though there are new people I'm just feeling the gratitude and as I've shared with this group as well I have a son with autism and he's nonverbal but he spent two nights two nights with me this is the first time he's ever spent two nights overnight and I he, he was just a champion and i'm just at peace with him and he's at peace with me i'm just in such gratitude it was beautiful and he went by new recovery group they were having like a campfire meeting and he came with me and he was just at peace with this campfire. now speaking of airpods your poor puppy choose yours but He came to the meeting, and he had his books with
0: him. Seem to be losing you a little bit, Elizabeth. I think you're going.
2: No, no. I'm driving. But it was just wonderful, so I'm grateful. And that's the kind of week I'm progressing with. So I'll just check out. So that's the week I'm having. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Elizabeth. That was beautiful. That's congratulations on your move. That's uh, great, Christina. To you.
1: Sorry, my mute button isn't coming off. That's wonderful, Elizabeth. And I like your new. I, I like your new bubble with you holding the teacup. And yes, we share. I mean, we share a lot in common. Um, about that and from what I heard of your story, you know, what came up for me when you were sharing was The the love that is received When we are in a recovery program when we are around Other people that have been through similar things and I would have to say in my experience this when I entered at you know in my 20s into a recovery program it was the very first time that I saw people loving each other and Realized that there was another way that that you could have Relationships and you could have that to bring it back to the topic the Damon opened up with you could have that Absence of fear and that was where I learned it. That's where I started to learn it like oh wow I could show up and say I'm angry or mad or frustrated or you know, share something about my child, and it would just be received with such beauty.
0: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that's interesting about recovery is, you know, I I, I firmly believe that it really, recovery has a lot to do with community and connection, right? Um, And we talked last week a little bit about how you can be in a space where you really know no one and walk in and find out that somebody's in recovery and you have like an instant bonding with them, right? And I think this is just a lot to do with our perspective once we're recovered, right? About how we look at things, you know, um, I'm really interested in going into groups of people that I don't know and don't have know anything about. Yes, it's nerve wracking sometimes, but I've learned through recovery that that's where the blessings are. You know, um, there's a sales uh, mantra that people always say that it's the riches are in strangers, you know, our whole life are taught not to talk to strangers, but really all the gifts that you're ever gonna need are gonna come from people you don't know for the most part. So a lot of it, of course, there's a safety aspect. You wanna be safe in speaking with strangers, obviously. But when we're adults and we're in recovery, I've realized it is in the people that I would feel that I would have the least in common with that um, I would not really choose to hang around were some of the people who gave me the greatest gifts. And that is really a mystery of recovery, right? Uh, You guys are in the Recovered Life Room. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for your share. Sorry we lost you there on the connection. I'd like to go to Alice. How you doing Alice? Good to see you.
3: Hello Alice. Hello. So happy to see Hi. you here. Oh, good to see you guys too. Um I am uh usually with my granddaughter on Mondays. Um but uh, they have all had covid um a week ago Friday. I actually had my little grandson with me and he became very sick and um he had COVID and I am very grateful. Um, I sat with it for a couple of days thinking, is it gonna come? Uh, Cause I certainly had direct exposure um, and the whole family, my son, daughter-in-law, and even the little, my little granddaughter, seven months, almost eight months old, got it, um, but they're doing okay. Um, I'm just staying away for another week excuse me, which is really hard. Um, I miss them. Um, but, you know, they say, be careful what you wish for. And if you're going to ask for something from the universe, uh, be specific. Um, and I wasn't specific. I just made a comment that it would really be nice to have a week off. <laughs> well, I got two. It wasn't the way I planned it. And I suddenly didn't want it at their expense of being ill. But um, I'm Embracing it and making the most of it, um, and I get to come to rooms like this because I'm not caring for a little a little doll, um my little sweet granddaughter today, so um, yeah i i the thing about fear when you were talking about it, Damon, that came up for me um, was the fear I used to live in when I drank, and the fear of what if people find out because I was not only lying to myself, but I was lying to my family and I'm so grateful not to be in that fear anymore and not have to live with that. And, um, yeah, to just be in a really, really amazing place in my life. Um, yeah, just in, just incredible. So, um, glad to, as I said, be rid of of that fear um, and and knowing that you know I you know th- this is the way I want to live. I want to be free of that of that fear. Um, but I think it comes up in other ways too um, and and I no longer have that uh, that fear that I'm going to pick up a drink um and gosh there's such freedom in that so anyway um that's where i am today uh things are good and it's great to be here and be with you all and um i say hi to Laura down there hope she's doing well and um i hope to be back in the in the in the recovered life rooms a bit more but um next week i'll be back on duty so which i will embrace uh, so anyway i digress and uh, great to see you all
1: oh i'm so sorry to hear all that i think it's you know you're right being specific is super important i'm sorry for little maddie and jacks jacks and all of the family but it is such a, a true miracle that you didn't get it i think i have a belief that i understand why but just not to have that fear. I mean, what a powerful way of, of really bringing it down to our life or death thought process. And I, I feel like that, that's such an amazing, let's get down to brass tacks example of not being afraid that we may pick up another drink um, because we've had some time and we have some evidence that shows that we can do it it's such a beautiful share. Thank you, Alice. Happy to see you here, but not happy about the circumstances. But I do hope that this week is really fruitful for you. And you get to do some of the things that you needed to do. Um, you know, I, I feel like even though COVID was a tragedy, and I, I've, I'm not, you know, I don't want this to sound glib, but in many ways in my particular life, it really did. Helped me to slow down, and um, I learned on a big, big level some of the lessons that I had still been struggling with multiple years into recovery, which is you know we don't know what is going to happen next, and um, and and I survived it. I survived not being able to do many things. Um, I survived teaching my son at home. I mean there were just so many things that came out of the pandemic and so I wish them a speedy recovery and I continue to pray for protection over you too. Thanks for coming up and sharing. It's beautiful to see you.
0: Alice, thank you so much. That was really amazing. You know, it made me think Christina about um you know fear what the hardest thing to overcome with fear was the realization that sometimes that i had to do nothing that no action at all was needed right that i just had to just hold tight i i hate that's the lesson that i have learned that i think has been the hardest for me to grasp Mm -hmm.
1: yep speaks of powerlessness right
0: (laughs) i hate it i I always say this would be a perfect recovery would be perfect if you could drink casually right like 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 a, a gentleman and you you don't have to worry about powerlessness and unmanageability we could just get rid of those chapters right uh but the reality is is that was the big lesson too and a lot of the times you just have to do nothing and my compulsion was to start taking massive action but i've realized that sometimes those actions were not actions that were good they were impulses and impulses you know these unthought actions unworked through um would leave me exhausted spent out and i might not be in fear but then i'd either be frustrated or i would just be exhausted and knowing how now to understand and live with the fact that the action that is needed is nothing and sometimes doing nothing saying nothing, taking no action is the best path. And I've learned that the hard way, I gotta tell you. I I don't know if that's something that you struggle with, Christina, but I've learned that the hard way, that taking no action was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do.
1: Yeah, that's the hardest. I mean, you know, I would say I, I might struggle with it a little, which is the biggest understatement of the world. I mean, we're talking, I got served over and over and over again. There wasn't anything I could do outside of, you know, the few things that I could do. I learned very quickly um, with my son's diagnosis and very slowly sometimes that I really had to um, seek uh, peace. I had to calm the nervous system down. I needed to provide an environment with him that wasn't that breakneck speed. And of course, it was good for me. You know what he what I provided for him was exactly what I needed for me. And you know i'm not I'm not somebody that you know believes that uh, that I summoned his autism. There was a long time that I kind of struggled with that, you know, like, did I create this? And then eventually I figured out, oh, right. I'm thinking again that I'm God. No, I didn't create this, but what was served to me, what was my? life's work was my contract was exactly meant for me. And so I really appreciate this, um, this conversation. Uh, It's going to, it's going to make me look, I mean, talking about intentions for the week, I am going to walk away from this discussion and really think about where has fear been holding me back? What, um, what do I need? You know, it's kind of like, it's like the universe has its own algorithm right I um, you know just like when I'm surfing social media what I look at it says oh okay she likes these this kind of information I'm gonna serve her more of that well that's what ended up happening to me in my life Um, I used to like crisis because that's where I felt like I had some power over it and now you know I Come to rooms like this and think about intentionally. What am I going to get done this week? What do I need to do? What lessons do I need to learn? And you know, what do I need to see? And the universe says, "Oh, she's looking for good now. Oh, she's interested in in overcoming something, or she's interested in acceptance. I'm going to keep providing to her stories about that. And um, and it truly has been so." amazing to be in recovery this long but i think that you can kind of get that even after you know the first six months to a year i mean i've met some people on this app in particular that have seemed to overcome because they show up every day and they talk about this stuff and they put their intention and time toward it that they're doing things in their first year of recovery that are just amazing so thank you
0: Yeah, you know, I think I felt the same way, Christina, that fear was an edge, right? But I like what you're talking about, it's consciousness. You know, I I believe that recovery is a consciousness. You know, staying sober is a consciousness. And you're either in that consciousness or you're not in that consciousness. We talk a lot about that in the unstuck room of how to get into that consciousness, right? And I think one of the things is, is that what you said is so true is if you're looking for fear, fear will come. And you know, it is, it has been my experience exactly like you said, where the universe says, all right, Damon, you want to be fearful? Okay, great. I'll give you some fear. I'll 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 give you some fear. Hey Damon, you want to be you want to have lack? Okay. Bring it on. Let me give you lack. Whatever you're holding in your consciousness for a large portion of your time, is going to manifest in one way or the other right and the thing is is what you have to it, w- the one good thing that i've learned from recovery that has worked in my whole life not just staying sober has been the ability to be able to let go which has been one of the hardest things i've ever had to do being able to let go hey i don't have control lack of power was our dilemma is what they say in the big book you know to quote uh, aa lack of power was our dilemma Yes, it was. I had no power to be able to change it. I had no power to be able to influence it. I had no power to be able to not do it. Whatever that is, right? Fill in the blank. This ability, though, to be able to hold in my consciousness of I don't need the power to do it. I just need to take these right actions. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to hold an intention that everything is going to work out for my good. That shift in consciousness really brings about the ability for good things to come in your life. And then, you know, I think that next thing is, is to getting out of fear, Christina, once you start holding that consciousness, is to have the mindset of being a looker and uh, of that miracle. You know, we've got a podcast that's coming out uh, this week about looking for the miracle. And that's really the second part of this, which is being the kind of person that looks up to see in everything that's happening, whether I perceive it's good or bad, the opportunity to be able to get to the next level, to be able to complete something, to be able to have a different change of thought, right? The opportunities are out there. We just have to become aware of them.
1: So true. So true. I'd like to, at this time, invite anybody who'd like to come up and share their intention for the week um, or anything you know, that they would like to contribute to the conversation about fear. Is fear something that uh, is still a major part of your life or have you learned to, do, you know, to take that, that opportunity of fear and turn it into something that creates you know, more peace for yourself?
0: You know, and I also want to bring up to Christina the podcast that we did on the 10th uh, clearing out emotional clutter. I just want to mention that's a really good one, and you know, it seems to me that we've gotten a lot of comment on that online, especially on Instagram people really liked that episode and do you want to give people a little bit of a shot about what we sure. cover in that episode because I think it's it's super powerful if and you know if you're listening to this either on the replay or you're live in the audience now and you're walking around and you just feel you have a bunch of stuff in your head all the time. Right. You know, that could be emotional clutter. And Christine, do you want to kind of enlighten everybody about what kind of emotional clutter is and sure. what we talk about in that episode?
1: Sure. Well you know for me emotional clutter is that unprocessed uh stress cycle that really deep hidden fear or feeling that kind of whispers in your ear you know if you find yourself saying you know oh this stuff always happens to me or you know you you start hanging out in that neighborhood something reminds you of a past grievance that you're already carrying around this um you know i like to visualize carrying around a backpack of unprocessed feelings uh you know of beliefs that don't serve us you know things that we wouldn't even question whether they were true or not you can you can put that back back down and start going through it. You can start clearing it out and it's you know it's an outside in job, but it's also an inside out job and we talk often about recovery and we focus a lot on the physical abstinence of recovery but as you and i damon discussed a lot of times problems start showing up after we've put down the alcohol or the behavior that is maladaptive and we start having these big feelings and maybe we've disassociated a little too long but they're still with us i mean uh trauma that happens in the childhood You know, it doesn't go away just from acknowledging that your parents did the best they could. We still have to walk through it and be honest with somebody. And so I always encourage everyone in recovery, you know, it's great to do the step work if you've come through a 12-step program, it's great to do that. But um, there's also stuff beyond that. I know in my life i carried around a couple of stories and a couple of belief systems that were you know they would clutter me they were the thing that said yeah but when somebody was suggesting a solution or suggesting a thought process to help me live away live a better way um, i would hear that yeah but you don't know what happened to me or you don't know that my parents threw me out at the age of 16. And I realized that they were getting in the way. And so I always suggest, and when people come to me to receive coaching, you know, at least a third of the time we're going to be working on these old belief systems and this extra emotion that hasn't been processed. We're going to be working on that directly so that you can walk around with a certain amount of freedom. And you know you brought up some great things in the podcast as well, and I just let everybody know that recovery doesn't stop when we put down the drink. Um, a lot of times we have to put on our recovery you know tools for years after putting down the drink, and it really is just a beautiful way of life. you know they say fourth dimension in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm here to tell you that can be done, but there has to be an intention and a belief that this is important enough for you to take your time and maybe take somebody else's time up to kind of go through it.
0: So important, Christina, thank you for mentioning that. I think, you know, it's, it's the the interesting thing about that episode i listened back to it right and one of the things with emotional clutter that i think is so damaging is that it wears on you slowly it's like it's like a it's a pebble in your shoe and what happens is you know we determine a lot of the things with emotional clutter is not being able to live in the present living in the past living in the future future tripping right just you know we did a whole unstuck room uh last thursday on future tripping which is going to come out in the next couple of days on the podcast it's it so nails it it's like not being able to stay in the present moment we know that just from a metaphysical level that everything that good that 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 happens happens in the present moment right any anything that has value meaning being awake aware to life in the present moment is where it's all going to happen for you future tripping or past resentments. You know, we talked about, about things getting worse for alcoholics, codependents, uh, people that are addicted to drugs when they get sober. Why is that? Well, alcohol is something we use to treat the root problem. You know, there's a difference between an alcoholic and somebody who is just addicted. Many times people will get addicted to something they get off of it they clean up and they go on with their lives i've found in in, you know from my point of view that that's not the case with alcoholics when you take away the substance and sober them up that's when the real issues begin that's when the real issues begin and that is where the work comes and i think that that in my opinion is one of the definitions of an alcoholic right because who in their right mind would wanna go back to use the substance that almost killed them once they have become sober? That's just not really clear thinking, right? It's not. So we've learned that most of this is an emotional and thinking game when we get sober, Christina, right? Like, so part of my week is, is I don't look at necessarily what I need to do. Oh, I need to be of service here. I need to do this here. Yes, I'm doing that. It's much more of like, what do I what what needs to shift in my life? Or what do I need to support emotionally in my life? Right? Those are the actions that I'm taking in recovery. I then find things to be able to support that. Some, to, you know, it used to be sponsoring. Now it's much more of like I've done a lot of organizations on meetings and whatever it'll shift. But always I'm looking at, you know, where do I need to grow spiritually? Where do I need to grow personally in that matter, and then trying to build a plan around that So good,
1: it's true, so you know in the in the in the vein of that this week, obviously, without power uh I don't have any internet <laughs> and i and I am gonna need to do a few things, so you know for me. It's going to be sitting down, working on acceptance, taking the time to be quiet, doing the very best I can uh, with the tools that I have today and be being curious, which is another superpower of uh, recovery, is being curious to see, oh, there's something that's coming up that's going to be interesting and new. And, you know, I don't I no longer have an automatic knee jerk reaction that this is what happens to me. And this is, you know, I can't win, you know, because I'm always struggling with real stuff. Talk about emotional clutter. It's more like, oh, okay. there's something that tells me like Alice shared, you know, that today needs to be a day of, you know, a slower speed um letting people know that i am not able to do some of the things that i promised and it's going to be a matter of acceptance and giving myself that beautiful amount of time um, that has been provided for me for whatever reason i'm supposed to sit back and you know wait and see what's coming my way
0: this is the balance right like so finding out when to take action, when not to take action. Um, you know, we talk about in that episode, Garcia, which I think is interesting, is the unrealistic, unrealistic expectations that we have. Like I wrote down last night what I needed to do. And for some reason I put it in my calendar and I'm looking and it's not in my calendar. And I'm so frustrated. So I'm trying to redo what I kind of brain dumped last night before I went to bed of things I needed to do today. And I'll tell you, it was totally unrealistic. I'm not going to be able to do, there's not enough hours in the day to be able to do all these things correctly, right? So I have to have, you know, I'm somebody who likes to play full out. Like people who come to me coaching wise, these are people who either two categories a lot of times, right? They're high performing people that have a drug and alcohol problem and need to try to figure out how they're going to be able to get sober and still be high performing, right? And then there's people who are are chronically not taking action. Maybe they were high-performing and stopped taking action. They want to play full out, but they're stopped, right? And one of the things that we have to look at that I always do when when I'm talking with people that want to do that, that have that problem, is let's jump into reality about what you're really capable of, what the people around you are really capable of. I know one of the hardest things I did was being able to have employees right and i learned over being an entrepreneur year after year that i man i can't do it by myself but i still struggle because no i could do that better or uh, if i could only do one percent more right the reality is is i was overdoing a lot of things and underdoing some things that were much more important right so it's learning that balance to be able to take the right action and sometimes the right action is no action at all sometimes the thing that you want to say back to the person because they 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 cut you off in traffic or they did whatever is the the right thing to say is nothing sometimes that's the right thing to say right and it's such it's been such a hard lesson for me to learn that one that i'm not superman i'm not going to be able to one i can't save people i don't want to save people anymore right that's a codependency thing but also then I am one person. I can just do what I can do, and the and then I need to let it go. I need to let it go. See, I would be the Superman, and then I would hold on to it. And then eventually what happens is, is when you're that type of person, you start getting resentments. Why aren't they doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? And I know, Christina, we've talked about a lot of this in the work, in the workspace, and we're going to create some more content around how hard that is sometimes to have that balance with family and coworkers and people in your life these unrealist unrealistic expectations just to realize it's like you know what that was my expectation on them they never said that they wanted to do that they never volunteered right i projected that on them because i had made that agreement to myself i know you talk a lot about that in codependency and it's a hard thing to unwind right
1: Oh, very, much, much more difficult than just not drinking. You know, that, uh, not, I'm not saying that getting sober is easy, but I would say learning how to have realistic expectations. What is your part? What is their part? And seeing, you know, the manipulative side of our survival skills is way harder to actually see, and, but it's, it is as important for having a fulfilled life as uh, stopping the drinking um, that's killing you or the drugs that are killing you um, I, I, I believe any anybody in the recovery space can benefit from working toward their codependent behaviors
0: Yeah, I think it's um, it's just something definitely that you want to focus on in recovery and you know, I, I think it's it, it really, for me, has been the linchpin, right? It's been the thing that has separated between quality of life and quantity of life, just doing things, right, to pack things into the stream of day, right, as much as I can, as opposed to being able to relax and to be able to enjoy the life in which I'm doing things in.
1: Well, I believe that every one of us has a beautiful day in store for us and another week ahead to focus on what will bring us more of what we want, um, to take the time to clear out your emotional baggage, to realize that um, we can all be rocketed into that fourth dimension uh, but we get to I mean, it's it is a privilege to get to go through these things and to think about What are my intentions this week? What am I going to do? So I, I've, I am really grateful for everyone who came up and shared and all of you in the audience and I want to remind everybody that tomorrow morning um, same time 9 a.m. We will be going through uh, rewire your brain, which we'll talk a little more about some techniques based on some of the things that we had today, a little deeper level into recovery. But before I do that, I want to remind everybody that if you you have a situation and you want to you know streamline your recovery, you wanna move forward, Damon and I have a program uh, that is uh, available now where you actually get to work with both of us on a daily basis. And um, I'm telling you, it's so, it's so good for kind of overcoming some of the things that we're talking about, but it's also tailored to you. So I highly encourage you to reach out, DM either one of us to set up an appointment for application and join the Recovered Life community because there's some amazing work that's being done here.
0: Absolutely. You know, we're having more and more content and I, I, you know, I want to talk about recovery breakthrough real quick, Christina, because that's what the program that you were talking about, you know why I love this. I wish I would have had this and Christina and I built this around what we wish we had at different parts of our recovery, right? Because I know at 20 something years, 17, 18 years of recovery, I needed certain things. I needed to be able to focus on one thing for a month, and then at the end of the month, I needed to actually be somewhere with that because I needed to take right and direct action, right? And that just wasn't available when, when I was doing it. At least I didn't know where it was available. And this whole idea of this curated experience where you're walking through and moving to get that goal done, right, right, right to be able to achieve that, I think that that's where really it's at, this advanced accountability, but also the in-depth conversation with people who've been there.
1: Absolutely, and, and I, bring, I bring the processing of emotions and, and truly giving people uh, a blueprint of where to go next so that you can live your most free life. So, yep, it is, it's a wonderful program, brings the best of both of us.
0: Absolutely. So we would invite all of you, if you want more about that, just DM either Christina or myself or hook up with us on Recovered Life. If you're not a member, do so. We're going to be emailing out some exclusive stuff only to members. You're going to have first crack at it. Uh, Christina, should we mention our ADHD week that we have that we've got coming up?
1: Yes. Yes. I am excited about this. I cannot remember the dates. I know that it's you know August, uh, I think 27th till September 2nd, but I could be.
0: I think wrong. it's a tw- it's a 29th. I think we're aiming 29th. for the week of the 29th. Yeah. through the 4th, yes. we're going to try to do it that week, guys. We we realize that Discovery <laughs> has Shark Week, and we're like, what is our shark in <laughs> in recovery? And Just just kidding a little bit here, but it's true. It's like a lot of people suffer from ADHD in recovery. So we're going to put together a group of experts and people who are suffering. If this is you, guys, if you are somebody who suffers from ADHD, maybe you're an ADHD expert, you want to notify uh, Christine and I. Send us a message here on Clubhouse. Reach out to us on Recovered Life. We're putting together a whole curated week of content just on that. If you're a member, you're going to get access to certain parts of the interviews that other people don't do. The great thing is that membership's free. All you have to do is click the link above. What's the thing that you're looking forward to most in that ADHD week, Christina?
1: I am looking forward to, uh, to having someone share the differences uh, that it shows up in alcoholics and the differences in how it shows up between the genders. Um, Cause there is a difference. And I have learned that women my age are the the most underdiagnosed. Uh, and so I, there is so much more to it um, than just you're hyperactive and can't sit still. There are ways that it shows up in people that don't, um, that don't present as what we are aware of. And in fact, I've had a couple of clients that once we walked through the diagnosis, they had the ability to use medication in such, in such a way that it opened their lives up i mean and we're talking 40 year olds you know i know somebody who is late 60s who just started it and so i'm looking forward to hearing about the help out there
0: absolutely just to be clear we're not diagnosing anybody with adhd or doing any of that just to be clear i know you didn't say that but just wanted to be clear about that but we know so many people get diagnosed or have symptoms and start asking questions and they're realizing hey, is this just my recovery? Is this just because I'm in recovery? Maybe I'm having these feelings or not being able to complete tasks or any of the things that might go along with ADHD. We're gonna dive into that. And guys, that's what recovered life is all about. It's all about that deep dive into different areas that are gonna help you live your best recovered life. We're gonna open it up real quick. If anybody wants to jump on stage, has a burning desire, wants to say what's going on with them, We'd love to hear you now. If not, we're just going to close out uh this recovered life discussion. I do want to remind everybody, uh, and go ahead and raise your hand if you do want to come up real quick. I do want to remind everybody, Christina mentioned it, we've got rewire your brain. Guys, we're talking about neuroscience and recovery. That's tomorrow at 9 a.m. We then have got on Wednesday setting healthy boundaries, and it's all about codependency all about how to set those healthy boundaries, about people who bust through those boundaries, right, Christina, that won't, that, that won't allow you to set the boundary, what you're gonna do with them. And then Thursday, we jump into the unstuck room that I've got at 9 a.m. where we go big motivation and we go metaphysics and we talk about taking massive action, how to get unstuck if you're feeling stuck show up at 9am we always tackle an amazing topic then and then we've got all this new content coming out on the podcast we're talking about looking for the miracle we're talking about uh we're talking about different areas of our recovery christina and i go in depth for half hour episodes we've got six days of content going on on recovered life you can access it all by going to recoveredlife.us christina any final thoughts here on the week
1: No, just blessing everybody. Have a beautiful week, everyone.
0: Everybody have a wonderful week. Go out and live your best recovered life. And we'll see you online.
1: Keep the conversation going.
2: Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.